0: Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. In this episode, I can't believe I have the privilege of speaking with one of the original members of the team that created Idle, Mr. Alan Nance, who today is the CEO and co-founder of Citrus Collab. Welcome to the podcast, Alan. Thank you for having
1: me. It's a huge privilege to be here.
0: Now, before we get started, Alan, I just want to let our listeners know that we have so much cool stuff to talk about that I think we're going to need more than one episode in the podcast to cover everything. (laughs) By the time we're done, our listeners should have a better understanding of what is meant by end user experience, why it is so important to the business, especially in a post-pandemic world, how we can actually measure experience, and what are some of the things we need to change in order to get real business value from end user experience? So let's get started. Yeah. Alan, as I said, you helped create Idle, which nearly every IT organization on the planet uses to guide its processes. But now you and your company, Citrus CoLab, are evangelizing the importance of end user experience. Can you tell us why?
1: Well, let me just stop you there mid-sentence when you start talking about the end-user experience because I think it's important that we try to banish this term end-user. It's one of my hot buttons. It's, it has been for some some time now.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um,
1: and, and the reason is this, that, that end-user dates from a particular t- uh, period in time when you had a mainframe and then a cable to you know like a thirty two seventy green screen terminal. And all the information was coming from the mainframes to the uh, the end user. you know because you you wouldn't call somebody an end user if you unless you thought you were the beginning of something. Mm. Uh, and I think that mentality has persisted in how we look to control and to talk to the community that we we work with and serve. So I'm a huge advocate of looking for a different term. I don't have a great term, but uh, back in in 1970, Alvin Toffler uh, used the word prosumer. And he said, because a prosumer is somebody who produces and consumes. And information is the is the method for producing and consuming. And I think that even even though he was way ahead of his time when he first said this i really think that's the world we're in today that information technology is about data liquidity and how that data is then used to produce as well as consume uh, information uh, so i think it's an important mindset change let me let me start with that uh, and then i'd like to answer your question which is so if we if we're trying to encourage the effective use of information, then the way in which that information is created and what other people do with it is extremely important. So their experience, their experience with us as, as technology uh, providers becomes very, very important. And yet it's it's less than 2% of the KPIs that are around today in all of the abundance of KPIs, so not just technology, but also in healthcare, in education, less than 2% concern the experience of the person um, consuming the data or the service. Um, Now you can imagine then that 98% of what we measure has nothing to do with the experience of the prosumer.
0: They're more internally focused, aren't they?
1: Yes, and, and to some degree, Western that makes sense, right? So back in the day when I was involved in the uh, development of ITIL uh, back in the 1990s, the problem we were trying to solve was a very different one. It was a problem of moving from mainframes to decentralized uh, technology. Um, it was the start of uh, outsourcing at scale. And a lot of organizations didn't know how to manage that transition didn't know how to manage the outsourcing relationship. So it became very important to describe which services were being outsourced, how they were to be delivered and what good looked like. So at that moment in time, the SLA, the service level agreement was a very logical and very important part of, of, the, uh, of running the outsourced um, IT. Now, I think most IT companies, certainly uh, Unisys, have matured to the extent that they know how to run complicated IT, and most of IT runs well most of the time. So I'm not saying we need to abandon SLAs. I'm just saying that their their usefulness is is very limited now.
0: Here we are, you know, late, late in 2020. I think when we started the year and we started learning about COVID and the pandemic, uh, there was a big question mark, how long would it last? Would we be still dealing with it? And here we are, we are still dealing with it. And prior to the pandemic, there was definitely thought of being put into place around XLA's and around end user experience or prosumer experience to, to use your term there. But due to the pandemic, have we learned anything uh, that's changed our, our view or uh, even made it more urgent to be thinking about end user experience?
1: The whole thing about pandemic is, how do people feel? And I think what we're seeing through the pandemic is that it's not a one-size-fits-all experience. So some people are quite enjoying the idea of working from home, for instance. Uh, We've seen that dramatically accelerated. Uh, People in in the boomer and the top end of the millennials the older millennials are actually very excited about this, especially if they're in a situation that they don't have to juggle childcare and they have a, a, an opportunity to work from home because they have the facilities. They're actually quite enjoying it. But there's also a whole group of people that are not enjoying it, those are people that may be single or at home on their own. And also the Gen Z people and the younger millennials have not been enjoying this. You know, they're just in transitioning from their college lives into their working lives. And this is incredibly disruptive for them. And there's a lot of people who've who've been very unhappy. And recently, uh, Gallup reported that the level of engagement of employees is, has dropped dramatically, less than 20% of employees say that they're engaged. And that raises another question about, is that engagement uh, been measured incorrectly? Jim Gilmore, who's one of the authors of um, The Experience Economy, uh, pondered recently. He said, you know what? Maybe we've been measuring experience and engagement inaccurately. And when we ask people, are you engaged? And they say yes uh, in higher numbers. And now that they are working from home, that number has dropped. And it turns out that the people, when they were talking about engagement, they actually meant engagement with their colleagues, with their working environment. And now that working environment, those colleagues have diluted somewhat in their experience they find out they're not that engaged with the actual work that they're doing. And that may be one of the reasons we're seeing this dip.
0: At least early in the pandemic, productivity, and I'm using some air quotes there, productivity has gone up as a result of people working from home. And obviously, business is happy with that. But you're telling me there are studies that say engagement, a different word here, has gone down as a result of of people working from home. Is there a difference then between productivity and engagement?
1: If you're in the data science world, there's a scarcity, a big scarcity. And if you want specifically talented data scientists, you're going to have to compete with them on the market. So their level of engagement is directly related to your success to find them, recruit them, motivate them, and retain them. Now, Certain people, obviously, right now, there is going to be unemployment in a, in a number of sectors, certainly in the, in the retail sector and the, uh, and the restaurant sector and places like that. But for a lot of technology places, engagement is, is going to be ever more important as we, as we move forward, especially because a number of people in, dare I say it, my generation, are coming to the end of their career. So they're going to be stepping out, and some of them may decide that this is a great time to step out if they're financially able to do so. So I do think we're going to see pressure on the workforce for scarce talent, and uh, and I think the engagement is very, very important to be understood.
0: So in our conversation here, Alan, um, I think we've taken a little surprising turn, at least for me here. You're talking about end-user experience, I think initially, I'm thinking well, our goal is to improve productivity. You've brought up the idea of engagement as being even more important. If that's the case, what are your thoughts on how do we improve the experience, or I should say, how do we improve engagement for employees?
1: Well, first of all, let, let's, let's just address the productivity issue and then and go to that second question, if you don't mind, Weston. Certainly. Because I think the technology culture has always been to look at efficiency and productivity. And part of the reason for that is that many technology organizations have been nestled under the financial discipline, under the CFO. When we start to look at digital transformation and the emergence of of chief digital officers, they're oftentimes not under the CFO. Then we see the conversation change. We actually see now that we're not interested as much in efficiency, We want to do things efficiently, that's different. But we're also interested in how we create value. How do we address profitability? How do we create uh, experiences, products and services that attract customers? And I would say happy employees make happy customers. So, if you move the discussion away from productivity and much more into other areas of value like revenue growth or differentiated products and services, or better experiences for your customers, then the engagement of your staff and employees is vital.
0: yeah, I think I, I probably fit in that category that you mentioned earlier, um, more of the boomers that are saying, yes, i'm I'm enjoying working from home, and it's probably for the reasons you've mentioned. I, I don't have. Uh, to share my home office with other people or worry about students or other other folks in the house. And I've been doing it for years. So it wasn't a big change. But I do think back to my engineering days. And I, I remember when you know we had four cubicles. Um, there was myself as a software engineer. There's an electrical engineer next to me, a mechanical engineer. We were, you know, designing and building things. And we would pull our chairs together in the middle hallway there, kind of block it off, have a whiteboard up, and we would bang things out. And I think I'm speaking for all of all of us that was in that group. There, we enjoyed that. There was a, a level of engagement that I'm wondering if today I was in that situation, how would I have that, that same level of engagement?
1: I mean, when I was um, growing up in uh, working in London, working in New York, uh, going to the to the pub or to a cafe after work was a big thing, uh, especially in financial services. You know, you would you would spend hours. With your colleagues and that would be a combination of social and work and it would be a lot about the relationships in entire industries so if you go to new york uh, and you go down to wall street there are very very specific restaurants and and bars where people congregate and when they congregate social engagement work engagement, productivity engagement, but also, and that sounds like a bit of a grand word, market regulation occurs because um, uh, information is exchanged about the market and it's exchanged in a particular setting that is very difficult to replicate in the more formal um, Zoom-type environment. Because a Zoom, a Zoom environment is never completely informal simply because of the technology and, and you have to log on. You could be recorded. You could be, you could be monitored. People could be listening in. And I think the, the challenge is to take those um, experiences around social work, productivity, industry, and to break them up and start to look at them um, and, and to determine what can we do to to get the same results in a different setting.
0: Thinking back about our conversation so far, we've talked about the importance of delivering a great experience to our employees. We've talked about how that has become even more important during the pandemic. And just now, if I heard you correctly, you've actually redefined the digital workplace uh, going beyond just the tools that we need to get our work done. But thinking about a series of experiences around productivity and even social interaction.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I think this is probably a good place to end this episode, knowing that we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But I just really want to thank you, Alan, for sharing some of your valuable time with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Alan Nance, CEO and co-founder of Citrus Collab. In a following episode, I'm going to ask Alan to share some insights into how we measure experience And he has also promised to share some examples as to how a focus on experience can have a real impact on business operations and outcomes. Until then, you've been listening to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.